Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> hey, Jason. I'm doing great. Hope you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. It's always good to be here with you. And I can't remember what we were going to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Memory. That's uh, what we were going to talk about Well, this, this segment. You know, as, as we get older, uh, and of course, Jason, you're uh, really uh, probably too young to appreciate the fact that as we get older, sometimes we actually question ourselves about whether we're losing it. Um, it uh, <laughs> I, I question myself about that all the time. Now, you're, my, my wife, your wife uh, probably questions your uh, <laughs> sanity all the time. But it, it, uh, it really is, uh, it, well, it, it is just one of those factors. And, uh, the, I mean, any, at any age, we can, uh, you know, walk into a room knowing that there was a reason why we actually went into that room. And we get there and we look around and we think, why did I come in here? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact is, that's normal. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely normal. And, and I am sure that that's happened to you, has it not, Jason? Absolutely. And, uh, and I suspect at your age... You don't question about whether you're losing it. In other words, maybe for the moment, but it's it's you know, or you know, um, and in fact, you don't even wear glasses, do you? No, I don't. I'm lucky. Well, you know, a, another bane of our existence is when we put take our glasses off and and put them down somewhere, and it's like, where are my glasses? I need my glasses. Got to have them. Where are they? Um, and half the time you'll find them on your head, <laughs> so, or the car keys. Another one. Yeah. You, you know, it's like if you don't put your car keys down when you come in in the same place every night, you're you're going to be looking around for them. Where in the heck did I put those car keys? <laughs> and of course, they might be in your coat pocket, but the. But the fact is, you have to get into a habit so that you can remember That's right. <laughs> where they are. And if you break that habit, you're in trouble. Uh, you, you just uh, – uh, but the fact is, as we get older, uh, sometimes these things actually happen more often. And, and that's, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, just it, that we're losing it. Okay. Although, as we get older, I think we do question ourselves more often uh, uh, in terms of, is this normal or not? And the, the fact is, is that doctors will tell you that as we age, um, you, um, you do become more forgetful. And, and that is uh, a normal part of aging and and it's not something to you know get overly worried about it, it's but it is a natural part of, of aging now now you can get to a different level uh, which is again not necessarily I mean for instance if you're you're planning on a trip to Charlotte and you get in your car and you end up in Winston-Salem, 
you might question. <laughs> but the fact is, it may have nothing to do with memory. It may be the fact that you were just not paying attention and you went right along with the lane rather than going left. Uh, now, if you end up in Winston-Salem and, you, and then you start wondering what you were supposed to do in Winston-Salem, then you might have a problem. That makes <laughs> but sense. If, but, but then, you know, it's the fact of the matter is if, if, you, if you're on your way to Winston-Salem and you're going, oh, my gosh, I, I missed my turn. I, I need to turn around and get to Charlotte. Well, in that case, you're all right. You're, you just simply um, you weren't paying attention when you should have paid attention. And, and truthfully, I think all of us have – done that at one time or another in, in, in a car. I mean, have you not ever missed an exit that no. you should have taken? Absolutely. And you knew you were supposed to take that exit, but you found yourself a mile or two down the road and you're going, oh my, where, what was I thinking at the time? Well, again, normal. Thank the Lord. That's normal. <laughs> so, that's good to know, Bill. Okay. But at the same time, there will be a percentage of us uh, who actually have a worse problem, and that is uh, there are a number of forms of dementia, and I'm not just talking about Alzheimer's. Um, you know, my brother had a, a, an, um, what's called traumatic brain injury dementia, another form of dementia, and one of the good things about the dementia he had, even though he had short-term memory loss, was over the period of time between his accident and when he died, his dementia never got significantly worse. It basically stayed the same from the time that he was 24 until he died at age 69. So, I mean, that was a blessing that it, because memories are important to us, you know, and, and as we get older, sometimes we're, it's everything to, to us in terms of what's important to us. Uh, the, the folks we care about, the folks that are in our hearts uh, and the things we've done or the things we haven't done, but those memories are, are certainly precious to us. And, uh, of course, uh, about, you know, there are an awful lot of seniors out there who are in um, their late 70s or early 80s, and they're, they uh, feel like they're getting along okay. Uh, but, you know, there's a, a percentage of them, at least 10%, uh, actually do have short-term memory issues related to dementia. And those are the, fo those are the actual folks who own their homes – that the scammers are after. And so it's, it's an issue where there's a delicate balance where there are folks, as we get older, we, while we all, our goal as seniors, and of course you're not there yet, but our goal is to stay independent and in control our entire lifetime. But at the same time, there needs to be a recognition that there's a balance. And sometimes we, even though we want to be independent, we want to have full control, that we need to bring trusted loved ones into our lives to help us in a way to help keep us relatively independent. And so if, if we're really going down that memory issue and we actually have some 
issues where we know we're not quite, you know, maybe it's maybe it's related to other things. Maybe it's related to hearing. Maybe it's related to eyesight. But, you know, those are issues for, uh, as we get older, too. Our hearing gets worse. I mean, just our eyesight's not as good, those kind of things. Um, sometimes it can be corrected, sometimes not. But those are issues that we have to understand that there's a balance where if we have loved ones that we can count on, that we should actually bring them into the fold and, and let them help us. And those are some issues that I want to talk about some more anyway. But, I, you know, it's the kind of thing where I, I want to assure most of us that even though we're having a little more trouble with our memory, that we're perfectly fine and we're going to be okay. <laughs> we are, are going to be okay. It's it's normal, and uh, if it's happening more than uh, is actually normal, then you may want to get some help. But okay. uh, for the most of us, as you said, Bill, mm-hmm. it's, it's completely normal. Well, we're going to take a quick break, as you said, and when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about some stories and uh, some caregiving expectations that I think all of us should have on our minds as we uh, move along the, uh, the caregiving continuum here. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after... After this, you're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. There you can find information about all the services that Bill provides. You can schedule an appointment. You can also register for Bill's free seminars. Uh, we've got new ones coming up in February. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through the show. But next one coming up is on Wednesday, February 12th. And again, these are free to attend. Um, you can find more information at WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're having a discussion about memory and uh, being aware of your health and making sure that you have that balance when it comes to support when you notice that um, things are changing. Well, no question about it. But, you know, before we move on, there uh, there, uh, is something that I really need to push out there. And that is, is that sometimes uh, when we have memory issues, um, or we notice or we're concerned about a loved one who has some issues, there are times where those issues are not related to dementia at all or, it, or just getting older and, and being become, uh, becoming more frail and, and uh, more forgetful. Um, there are two things that come to mind that I think families need to be aware of. Sometimes memory issues are are caused uh, by drug interactions. You know, that's another issue with with getting older. We seem to take more and more medicine, even when we're healthy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we take a, a a pill for blood pressure, and we take a pill for this, and we take a pill for that, and we take vitamins here and some natural things over there, and. And the fact is, is that oftentimes uh, we're taking things that interact in a way that causes problems for us that uh, we don't necessarily recognize. I mean, it's not painful, 
but uh, it can lead to uh, where we're, you know, there are memory issues, and it's like, what's going on with me? And we think it's uh, our some it's something different, but it's all it is is a, a drug interaction. Uh, and because oftentimes the doctors we go to, you know, sometimes we go to more than one doctor and we get more, you know, and, and one doctor doesn't necessarily know all of the different medications. And the doctors are not necessarily pharmacists. Uh, sometimes the pharmacists are the ones who actually uh, can be a, a more helpful in terms of knowing how one drug interacts with another drug. And that's something really important for folks to appreciate. And I mean, I've had clients where a doctor took them off everything and they improved immediately. <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, it, it, you know, because we we probably take more medication uh, at times than we need. Now, obviously, I'm not telling anybody to go off of their medications because that should be with your physician uh, in control of those kinds of things. But sometimes talking to your pharmacist can be really helpful, too. And then there's one other uh, fact that um, uh, folks should be aware of, and that is if, if you're loved one is just talking out of their head and you're going well they've lost it now it may very well not be a drug interaction and it may not be dementia it might simply be a urinary tract infection Uh, i mean the fact is is that uh utis more often than not make one looney tunes uh during that until the infection is treated and and goes away and, and actually, once it's treated and goes away, you're perfectly fine again. But uh, I'll, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, my mother, when she had a urinary tract, I always knew, and it was easy because my mother was totally lucid, mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that when she had a urinary tract infection, which is not uncommon, quite frankly, for seniors to have them, it's uh, the fact is is that she was talking out of her head the whole time, and I, you know, truthfully, I, I was I laughed through it because it was so funny. Because every time she started talking like that, I knew she had a urinary tract infection, and and I was a hundred percent accurate every time. That uh, and oftentimes the caregivers don't recognize it. Sometimes the doctors don't even recognize it. It's it's the craziest thing. But if you're around somebody all the time or regularly, you would know when somebody's talking out of their head. And that's when you really need to bring it to the attention uh, of the doctors so that, you know, they can prescribe something to get them over it. <laughs> that's a really important thing. Now, with that, I'm going to stop on that and move on to an issue that I – that I want to get to, and and that is the balance between being cared for and the needs of of the caregiver. Because the truth is that as we get older, and I'm really talking about those folks, uh, and it's not necessarily based on age, because I have clients in their early 70s that you would think uh, might be 100 years old, and I have others in their 90s that you were thinking would be in their 60s, and they're doing just great. So it's not necessarily based on age, uh, but physical uh, health, mental health, and the like. And the truth is, at some point, we become more frail. Um, 
And sometimes the frailty is physical and sometimes it's mental. And most of the time it's both, you know, because, uh, you know, that's part of getting older. And, of course, the whole goal for us is to stay independent and stay in control. And there's another biggie that that uh, folks need to be careful about in terms of the needs of the family. And that is, and it, and it relates to um, being in control uh, and being independent. Um, it, it, it's rare when I have a client who doesn't say, well, if I get frail and I need assistance, I want to stay at home. I don't want to go to an assisted living. I don't want to go to independent living. And I certainly don't want to go to a nursing home. Okay, I get that, all right. But uh, sometimes staying at home is not the right answer. I mean, now, on the, on the senior side, staying at home uh, is where the memories are, and, and you're comfortable there, and you, nobody likes change. You, you know, no, I mean, when you know, you're comfortable, everything is, is right. And so I understand why we would want to stay at home. But there's another factor for most of us, and that is we don't want to be a burden on our children. Well, uh, recently I've had two clients that my heart breaks for them. And in both cases, and this is fairly typical, their daughters taking care of of their dad, they they are the one person in the family that uh, that, that is turned to. They're reliable, uh, and and here's here's the problem. In both cases, dad lives in one case two hours away uh, from Raleigh. The the daughters live here. In the other case, the dad lives an hour away from Raleigh, and. In both cases, uh, now, in both cases, the daughter is the, in essence, caregiver. In both cases, dad's older, frail, has memory issues, has some issues where they really should not be living alone. And in both cases, the expectation, and this is where it gets bad, is that daughter will give up everything and and be there to take care of dad. And so I have one daughter that's that's commuting over an hour every day, every morning and every evening to be there with dad to make sure he's okay. And she's done it for more than six years. Mm. Now, in order to do that, now the other one goes almost every weekend, two hours to dad, but she has a 13-year-old son at home. She has a husband at home. And she's expected to do it all, take care of the 13-year-old, take care of dad, take care of hubby, take care of the house, take care of everything. And all I'm saying is that in both of these cases, my heart breaks for them because they're overwhelmed. They're trying to do everything that's expected of them. But the fact is, in order to do it, they're giving up their entire life. I mean, in order to meet their own expectations for themselves. It's not fair. So what – and in both cases, the dad 
has sufficient income where they could come to Raleigh and live in an independent living community and afford it without any financial difficulty? That's the answer for them. But what's the issue? The issue is both of them want to stay at home. Home's important to them. But the fact is, at least from my own perspective, that home should never be as important as your loved one. And who's your loved one in this case? Your daughter. You're asking your daughter to give up every, give up her life for years so that you can stay at home when it's totally unfair. And to me, that's where there needs to be a compromise because, frankly, in both cases, dad is frail. Yes, he wants to stay home. I can appreciate that. But he could live a better life. Daughter could still be there all the time but not have to do an hour or two each way. And so they can actually have a life. And when, so I think when you, uh, when you factor in your own needs, you need to factor in the needs of your loved one, your caregiver, so that you're not a burden on them. I mean, your, your children, when you have children, want to be there for you. They want to make sure you're okay. They, they love you. They want to make sure you're safe. And the problem is, is that sometimes we're just so darn stubborn that we'd rather be unsafe, but we need to factor in what it's doing to our kids when we have those kind of situations. And uh, it's just an, it's an important compromise. And sometimes we need to forget about staying at home so that we can be safe and our, and we won't be the burden that we would otherwise be because our children want to make sure we're safe and in and truth uh, our loved ones have an obligation to us to make sure that we are safe so we need to to look deep inward to make sure that we're doing what we need to do not only for ourselves but for our children as well or our loved ones whoever it is sometimes it's a spouse rather than a child but in, in the last couple cases I've had, it's been the daughter who's basically given up their life for years in order to accommodate uh, their dad who wants to stay at home. And I just, if I could just somehow talk some sense into them, I, I, I hope I, I can get to them that way. Yeah, it, it are, that's some heartbreaking scenarios that you've outlined, Bill. And I think that just brings the importance of making sure that your affairs are in order with your legal documents and having these conversations with your loved ones so that these uh, expectations are laid out so that you're not just thrusted into this caregiving situation where, oh, okay, I'm expected to do all this traveling and to essentially give up my life. So um, it's, it's really hard, but having these conversations ahead of time and making sure that you are planning these things out and expressing your desire, desires goes a long way. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us this morning. We are uh, talking about a number of things this morning, Bill. We just had a conversation about expectations and caregiving and family. And, you know, with that, it, it goes to the point that planning and having conversations about your desires and expectations of your loved ones goes a long way. Well, it's something that I've, I've said in a different way uh, for a long time, and that is when you have a loved one who needs help. And sometimes it's not a lot of help, but it's some help, and other times it's a lot of help. But whenever you have that, uh, the needs of the person who steps forward to be that caregiver, and and typically in a family, it's one person who, uh, you know, and the others just sort of seem to fade away. (laughs) It's rare when you have a family where everybody's pitching in. Those are, you like to see that, but oftentimes it's one person who's doing it all. And the fact is, when you have one person who's doing the lion's share, the needs of the caregiver need to be factored in as just as important as the needs of the loved one who needs help. And that, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. And so oftentimes, you know, that fading away isn't intentional. Uh, you know, the person stepping up tends to say, oh, I got this, I got this. And then when they don't have it, everyone's kind of faded away because they've heard, I've got this, I've got this. Well, so. sometimes it's that way. Most of the time it's not. Yeah, that, that's, that's true, too. <laughs> More often than not, it's like, I'm so glad you're doing it, so I don't have to. <laughs> uh, you, you've seen the reel of it, Bill, so oh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, but I do. I know we want to have a little discussion here about legal documents and powers of attorney. Well, I, I, you know, you've heard me say over and over and over and over again, and this is something that I preach, that seniors— and you can define seniors however you want, need a a general durable power of attorney that's very different from what most people have. If they have a power of attorney, it's generally inadequate to do what needs to be done as we get older and we have issues. Now, you always hope that that document is never used, that you never have a need. It's a just-in-case document. But the fact is, is that most seniors have a document that's just not adequate. So I recommend for my senior clients, and in fact, for a lot of clients, uh, depending on the family situation, what we call an advanced general durable power of attorney, which gives extraordinary uh, powers, broad powers to the agent. It's a type of document you you would only give uh, that authority to someone that you trust absolutely to um, to always do what's in your best interest or always do. In North Carolina, the fiduciary duty is to do what you want them to do. <laughs> and so you want a, a, an agent who's always going to do what you want them to do. Uh, or if, if not that... Uh, to do what's in your best interest. And that's the kind of trustworthy standard that you want for any agent. Well, this this past week, I had something uh, unusual happen that, that really had to laugh about it a little bit, but I, I felt bad for him. And that is, I had a client who left a mess, voicemail message for me that said, well, um, we we were scheduled to come in to see you, but we're going to cancel that. We were we were planning to come in to talk to you about a power of attorney, but 
our financial advisor told us that we had a, a power of attorney and we didn't need another one. Now, <laughs> this, so this couple uh, canceled their appointment because their financial advisor told them that they had a power of attorney, didn't need another one. Now, that, I mean, they're, they're, that uh, hits me in a couple different ways, maybe more than two, but I think it's important for folks to understand. Number one, that's one of the key things that I preach. Seniors need a different kind of power of attorney. Now, there are other profession. The problem that a lot of us have is that we have professionals that we trust for certain things. And so, what I would tell you is, if you have a good financial advisor, great when they're talking to you about your finances, when they're talking about how to invest. But should you actually depend on a financial advisor or a banker or an insurance person or anybody else regarding your legal estate planning? And your power of attorney is part of your legal estate planning. And the fact is, is that the truth is the financial advisor, when they say something like that, is doing something that's improper. They're practicing law without a license. Now, you know, there are a lot of different lawyers. There are lots of good professionals out there. But I run into this frequently. And it, it, now, to the degree, you know, what happens? Okay, the financial advisor gives this family advice. They go down the road and they end up in a crisis and they don't have the right kind of financial power of attorney that we would have given them. And so now the family's in crisis and they can't do what they need to do to, to protect their assets and to preserve those finances simply because uh, folks who shouldn't be given that type of advantage. Now, the bigger issue, what's happening and you have to understand that every time you get a life insurance policy or an annuity you, or you have a retirement account, you have to do a beneficiary designation. That's really important for you to do. Now, generally speaking, the professionals are not going to tell you how to do your beneficiary designation. They hope that you understand and, and you're going to um, make your beneficiary your family or, or whomever you love and that, you know, they don't need to tell you. But the fact is, is that seniors, as you get older, those things are not necessarily straightforward in a, in, because a lot of my seniors use trusts. And when a banker says, oh, well, why don't you sign this beneficiary designation form so that you're, you don't have – this property won't go through probate? Uh, or you have a, your financial advisor for your investment account say, do this beneficiary designation. So bankers have what's called a POD, pay on death. Investment advisors have a TOD, transfer on death. They're basically beneficiary designations now – Fact is, your beneficiary designations are an extremely important part of your legal estate plan. And if your lawyer 
has set up a plan to for your uh, property to be distributed a certain way, oftentimes through a trust, and your banker is is recommending that you sign this document for them, and your investment advisor is is recommending something different, and your insurance advisor for your life insurance and annuities are recommending something else. Your plan's not going to work, and and I've had more than one case where families have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars due to a banker or a financial advisor or others interfering in a legal plan because the the bankers they what they're doing is what's in the bank's best interest and not in your best interest what they're doing is they're saying sign this document so we don't have to worry about where to send this money when you die we don't care if you sign this document, it makes it easier on us so we can send the money to whomever based upon this contract, which could be totally different than your estate plan. And th- now you can tell I'm getting riled up here. But this is where you, you, you have to recognize that your financial planning, your banking – all of that needs to come together in an estate plan that operates together. But I, I, ha, I don't have bankers calling me up and say, we're, we're, we have recommended uh, this uh, POD, beneficiary designation, to Mr. Jones. I understand he's, Mr. Jones's family is, has you as their estate planning attorney. Uh, is this consistent with their plan? They don't do that. <laughs> They just say, Mr. Jones, sign right here. This is, we, this is clearly in your best interest. And guess what? Oftentimes with seniors, I'll have property going into a trust that's asset protected, that, that complies with Medicaid, no five-year look back, no sanction. Uh, but if they sign a POD to somebody else to, quote, avoid probate, like that's good for them, it, it's terrible. And now, oftentimes, I'll have beneficiary designations that go to a trustee, and that avoids probate, too. But the fact is, I've, I've had, I, I had a family where the wife was on Medicaid in the nursing home, and the darn banker said, Mr. Smith, sign this POD to your wife to avoid probate. That cost that family $350,000, and I should have shot that banker for that kind of advice because they didn't ask it's just like we assume this is in your best interest when they don't have a clue what's in your best interest so that's it's just like with this financial advisor yeah i'm riled up i'm mad because this is the kind of thing that negatively affects families because people are giving you advice that have no business giving you advice Well, it's it's reason to get riled up, Bill, because not only do the families put a lot of time in, into coming up with an asset protection plan, but it, there's also your time as well, and you're hoping to execute their wishes, and then the just the the lack of oversight or I guess indiscretion of uh, someone along the way can you know completely ruin that plan. I don't care who you are, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars well, is it's, catastrophic. It's so easy for it to happen because uh, unless the advisors are actually digging deep into your estate plan, which they rarely if ever do, uh, there are some financial advisors who do that because they're shrewd. They've been around a long time, but bankers 
don't do it. A lot of financial advisors don't do it. There are a lot of professionals out there who try to give you advice. They're, they're well-intended, but they screw things up for you in a heartbeat. That's why it's so important to have someone looking over your estate plan. And if you want to sit down, have a conversation with Bill, schedule an appointment. Go to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment or you can find more information about Bill's free seminars as well. He's got an asset protection and trust seminar that he does the second Wednesday of every month. You can find more information online at WGALaw.com. Or you can call the office as well, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Bill, we were talking earlier about family and caregiving and expectations and how that plays a, a key role when it comes to uh, um, you know having that balance as we get older and we, we need help and assistance. But um, we also need to talk about those who may not have family or uh, loved ones who can assist them. It's an important issue. I, I call these orphan clients, uh, and it typically would be a person uh, who is unmarried, widowed or divorced or just never married or whatever, um, and they have no children, and they have no family that they can turn to. Um, and. Uh, it might be because they have no siblings, or it may be that they don't have siblings that they trust or that they're close to. Uh, you know, you know, there's dysfunction in the family or or whatever. But in essence, they don't have any family that they can turn to as they get older, and. And that's an issue. I mean, uh, the first thing is if you're in good health, then the, then obviously get out there and make friends and, and do s- some things that are good for you and, and uh, have some uh, activities that you're passionate about. That's really important. And you might think, well, I don't care what happens to my money when I die. I'm certainly not going to leave it to my sibling. I don't even like them. Now, that's, well, I'm just, you know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's like whoever gets my money, it's a windfall. So it really doesn't matter. I don't care what the costs are for those folks or if there's taxes involved, you know, because who cares? I'm dead. You know, I get that. But the, I've always said that it's not death that matters. It's life that matters. And the fact is that my orphan clients will get older and, like all of us, will probably need assistance at some point. They'll need somebody that they can rely on to help them. And and it's very, very difficult to have those uh, folks um, when there's no automatic person that you can rely on. So... uh, uh, you know, what do you do? Well, actually, and I've had this a couple times recently where I've had a fairly well-to-do single person who was, in, in essence, one of my, quote, orphan clients. 
and I recommended a trust. And you may say, well, why, why does that matter uh, if they don't care what happens to their money? And the fact is, is that a trust gives you more control of your money during your lifetime. It also gives you more control of your money at your death as well, which is one of the reasons I like trust so much. And these clients don't really care about what happens at their death. But one of the key things about a revocable trust that's wonderful that I often don't see in trust agreements is a disability plan. In other words, who am I going to rely on as my trustee to manage my money and to pay for my care? If you have a trust, you can actually put a plan in place that gives the trustee a fiduciary obligation to carry out your plan. And for most folks, it's like, I don't care how much it costs. Pay, Use my money to, to pay for my care. Give me the very best care possible. You know, keep me at home if, you know, there we go again. Keep me at home. Keep me independent. Give me an independent life care manager to help make sure that I am fully taken care of. You know, unless it's impossible to do otherwise, I don't want to go to a nursing home. Make sure I get my glass of wine in the afternoon or my glass of scotch in the evening or my, uh, you know, my certain uh, food that I want or that I'm given this, that. Take me to these meetings. Take me to church. Take me to my bridge club, garden club, book club, whatever, as long as I can enjoy those kind of things. Give me a companion that can help take care of me. All of that can be in a disability plan where your trustee has an obligation to spend your money on you the way you direct. Well, that's a heck of a lot better than not having any kind of plan at all for yourself. Well, that's something that an orphan client can do for themselves with a trust. So it's just one little thing that I I like to throw in there, and it's One of the things that's missing from most of the trust agreements, I mean, the same thing's true for a married couple and a couple that has children and loved ones that they can depend upon, but still having a disability plan is far better than not having one. Having another tool in the toolbox always helps. And if you want to find out about the various tools available to you, it's best to sit down with an expert and you might want to schedule an appointment to talk to Bill. Call the office, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000, or go online to wgalaw.com. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you if you want to register for February seminars, this is February 12th. That's a Wednesday. We always do it on the second Wednesday of the month. You can find all the information at WGALaw.com. It's free to register. Just go to WGALaw.com or call 919 256 7000. 919 Two five six seven thousand. We are out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next Saturday at 11. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>